Rappers and them Cartiers I do my thing any harder way And if you know where we're going Then you probably gonna be coming with us All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mainly Celtics. Um, last week, we had a guest on, Nolan, and uh, it's been determined that he's going to be uh, a fixture on this uh, podcast moving forward. So welcome, Nolan. We appreciate having you um, and uh, looking forward to making things work in the future. Thanks, Emery. Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm going to try bringing some bet and talk into the podcast, maybe a little crypto. So excited. Um, <laughs> Slowly gonna be a crypto only podcast. Yeah, chill <laughs> some stuff. Yeah. Um. Well, we had like not a very heavy week this week. No, we only had two games since we last talked. So last time we talked on Sunday, we're recording Saturday afternoon. So prior to the Celtics playing the Cavs, but we went two and zero on the week, which is good to see. Yeah. And a lot that was prom was promising the week before continuing this week, especially the defense, but we can start with the, uh, the Toronto game. What did you guys see in that game that really impressed you? Pretty much everything. I mean, they played great basketball all around. Tatum had another good game. Um, it, and they're doing this without Jalen Brown, which is great to see. Uh, and like you said, the, uh, the defense is getting better and it will only get better with Jalen Brown out on the court. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at some quick stats here. This was uh, a game I did get to watch fully, which is nice with my work schedule. Um, I remember talking with you two guys about uh, Jason Richardson, and this was his sort of coming out party. Um, Josh. Josh Richardson. It's not Jason Richardson. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, I was like, that didn't sound right. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, not, yeah, not uh, old. We believe Warriors, Jason Richardson. <laughs> no, but uh, five of nine, two for four from three, 15 points, three rebounds. His sort of his best performance as a Celtic so far. Yeah, I think he was pretty good in that game. And as much as I hate to admit it, it's like I do still think there's a role for Nee Smith to take some of those minutes and at least get some run. Um, I don't think he he's been getting a lot. Like he got more than Al, I believe, last night, or very close to. I think it was like thirty. I can't remember who was in favor of. Yeah, he's been playing a lot. Um, he played very well during the Toronto game. He played eh, the other night, but it's definitely an upgrade because I, I mean I heard people referring to it. And it's like, and they were talking really mostly comparing that him to Semi. And it's like, that was pretty much the role Semi was playing last year. It's like he was starting some, he was playing a huge role at the bench. And just that upgrade to just like a guy like Semi, who's definitely a below average player to a guy like Josh Richardson. That's just like very kind of, I think, middle of the road average for NBA, like a, just a solid enough NBA vet. Like that's just been, that, that is a pretty significant upgrade. He's a little better offensively than Semi too, which is nice. Oh, for sure. When he comes in off the bench, he does bring a spark. He's very confident with the ball, which obviously can go one of two ways, but hit a couple threes against Toronto. It's a nice spark while Jalen's out. Yeah, I think also, like, with hit, with Schroeder now being the starting lineup, it's less minutes with, like, he and Schroeder and he and Smart on the court where the spacing really becomes an issue. Yeah, and I think this – go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was happy to see him hold him under 90 um, at 88. I think there was like a solid minute and a half where they sat at 88. And I was kind of like pessimistically thinking we might be able to do it. And they ended up stringing together some stops and killing the clock out. I was hype about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you brought up uh, confidence, Nolan, and I think this team is just dripping in confidence right now. Um, it's it, it, There's been a massive change over the past two weeks. Um, the way that these guys uh, bring the ball up, I mean, you saw – not to get too ahead of myself, but last night you saw Marcus Smart make that pass over his head to Al, who could have caught the ball, gathered himself, and laid it up, but he went for the the flashy finish and caught it and finished all in one leap, which I really didn't think Al had it in him. But you see just the type of plays that these guys are willing to go out and make. Um, there, It seems like the energy is super high on both ends of the court, which is great to see. The turnaround has been awesome. And the two wins since we last talked is massive. Beating two, I mean, two good teams that are off to sort of poor starts, but teams that will be competitive, no doubt, throughout the season. Um, getting wins, especially in the Eastern Conference, especially at home after starting so poorly at home. Good, It's a good, uh, good little stretch we're going on here. And yeah. not only is this energy changing, just both the games being at home, you could just feel the garden and both the wins this week. The, I mean, it's obviously fun to win, but the energy was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we really got embarrassed that first game against – what was that, second game of the season we played Toronto? Second or third? It was early on in the season. And they were without Siakam. So they had Siakam back. They were at they were at full strength, and we just kind of took it to them. Um, I think Rob was a big, was a big factor in that because – I mean, what we really talked about is Precious Achua, I think, had 20 points and, like, 15 boards the first time we played. They just looked like they were manhandling us on the glass. And I think Rob really took that personally. I think he had 16 points and 13 boards. I think he had a career high for offensive rebounds. And I think that really set the tone and made a difference. Like, they just got out physical the first time they played them. And Toronto is going to be a physical team. They're big pretty much at every position. Um, And we really kind of took it to them. I think that was uh, the big difference between the first meeting. Yeah, eight offensive rebounds for Rob against Toronto. That's just huge, keeping the positions alive. So huge. I mean, 12 offensive rebounds, too, in the entire game. That's something that we weren't seeing the first two weeks of the season. We weren't seeing anybody crash the glass. Um, Yeah. Like that. One stat – one other stat that I share with Rob uh, – his fouls per game per 100 possessions has gone from 6.1 and 6.3 his first two years, 5.2 last season, 2.4 this season. So he's fouling a lot less. He's been able to stay in games, play these big minutes. I think that's been huge for the Celtics. I think his court awareness this year is just a lot better. Um, he's a little more calm with the basketball. Like he had that awesome pass to Romeo last night that, you just it was a turnover in years past so I saw that stat too Matt and that steady decline that's awesome on the foul yeah I think I think you've seen a similar grant it just makes a huge difference like not giving up like easy like fouls we don't have to there's sometimes you obviously do have to foul but limiting those fouls being able to stay on the court stay out of foul trouble um not getting teams a ton of trips to the free throw line but making dumb mistakes like jumping into shooter shooters um I think I, obviously, I don't want to like take all the credit away from Rob and give it to Al, but I think having that leadership, having that big man that's like done it before, been uh, a high, an all-defensive caliber big man uh, back on this roster, I do think it's helping the development of our younger bigs. No doubt. Is Al still leading the league in blocks? 
Um, I don't know. I could probably I'll look that up real quick. I know. Yeah. yeah, I think he had one last night, but I think Rob had three last night. So we can kind of. I'll look up NBA leaders right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but we can switch into next game unless you guys have any more thoughts about the Toronto game. I don't. Um, I also didn't get to catch any of the game last night. I just saw a recap. So, Nolan, if you want to take it away, start us off. I was going to move on, but I might as well do the lines kind of as we go over the games. Um, so, the total in that Toronto game was 206. So, the under hit quite easily with the Celtics ramping up the D. And the spread was Celtics minus three. And it's funny, I actually saw a lot of the um, some of the cappers on Twitter that I like and whatnot um, on Toronto because it was kind of a, I don't know, looked like a little bit of a fishy spread. Um, so the under hits and the Celtics cover the spread easily um, against Toronto this week. Uh, I saw I saw a couple, two massive parlays that had. Uh, Toronto winning for them to to cash out, which was it's always tough to see people lose on one game, but betting against the Celtics is sort of it comes with the territory. And based on how they played earlier in the season, like it makes sense that the the they hit the under and it makes sense that Toronto was favored because like Toronto kicked the shit out of them the first time they played. So and they were with Jalen Brown this time around and they had Siakam back. So it, it made sense why um, those numbers were the way they were, but um, just a trend to look out for over the last five games. So pretty much the last two weeks, um, the Celtics have been first in defensive rating, second in opponent field goal percentage, first in opponent three-point percentage, fourth in contested shots, and fourth in rebound percentage. So that's been a huge boost. Most, um, Yeah, I mean, all those shots are defensive metrics. And they've just been so much improved defensive team. And that's why we see a lot them holding a lot of other teams, slow scores. And uh, going back on looking up Al's blocks, he's, he's tied for second still in blocks with Anthony Davis behind Miles Turner. Gotcha. But still definitely wow. up there for a 35 year old. Miles Turner's going crazy this year. He's having a heck of a start. Pacers beat Utah um, outright this week. Is Miles Turner even still with the Pacers? Yeah, they should trade him because it doesn't make – like him and Sabonis are both really ideally centers. Yeah. And right. I think – I if you put Miles Turner next to Zion, that would be like the perfect pairing, I think, personally. Zion would have to be on the court, though. Yeah, that does help. And the Pelicans are so bad. I don't know why they do that now. It's like trying to play for the now. I think they have the worst record in the NBA as it stands. Tied with the Rockets, yeah. Emery, you but, said you um, played uh, the game last night. No, I didn't catch. I just caught stats and, and recap. I was working. So, pretty high-scoring game. They were down four at the half. Um, obviously, Dennis Schroeder explodes for 38 points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this was a pretty high-scoring one, but it felt like the defensive intensity was still there. And Milwaukee scoring 113, it's honestly not bad in the overtime, in a game that goes to overtime. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I definitely wasn't time until after I thought it was outright. I was like, damn, no defense at all. I didn't see the fact they went to overtime. They did hold them to five in the OT period. They outscored them 14 to five, which that's pretty dominant. I think we, the, uh, we've seen a lot of quick, like 
leads in overtime with these seas. They get out, they went, I mean, this is what the fourth or fifth overtime game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, something absurd like that. And in, I know in at least two or three of them, they've jumped out to this big lead in overtime. It mean, like, to me, it seems like they, the intensity is there. Like we talked about earlier. Um, there is some real, like, um, real desire to, to jump out to these leads, you know, like it's, it, you gotta, you gotta fucking win these games. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's good. They were starting to win them. And this was once again, like obviously not a must win, but when they're out Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, like those are the games you really need to win against the box. Like, they're going to be at full force. They're tough enough as it is. I get the Jalen Browns out, but with those, like they're probably three of their four best players. Yeah. You really, you really can't be losing, losing games to uh, basically the, the bench unit of the box. And I'm glad they were able to do it. Uh, go out and do it. It wasn't pretty. Um, yes. The defense probably could have been a little bit better. The thing that I was most concerned with seemed like we had a lot of like careless turnovers, which we've talked about. I feel like at nauseam this year, but it continued a little bit last night and that, that really hurt us. It's a good thing they held on in overtime because they really – they almost blew it. They got outscored 27-20 in the fourth. Um, and, of course, Grayson Allen hits five threes. The Bucks did improve their uh, bench unit a lot, though. Like, it's crazy that that's still a decent team out there. Like, I really like Noir off the bench. Yeah, he's, he's good. Uh, Drew Holiday's obviously a beast. Like, um, I think – yeah, and, like, P.J. Tucker was a – pretty significant loss but you think when they're at full strength too they're probably gonna run a lineup of um they're probably gonna have drew chris i don't know who's been starting the two for them has it been connerton or has it been grayson allen but even then you have dante divincenzo supposed to come back like they they will be a fairly deep team like i honestly yeah bobby portis like who plays a great like backup big man role um I think when they're at full strength, I think they'll be as good as they were last year, which is a scary sight as long as everyone's able to stay healthy on that team. Yeah. Because, I mean, they returned a lot. And the guys they didn't return – the guys they didn't return, I think the really the only guy they – I feel like they didn't bring back was like George Hill uh, – not George Hill, um, Jeff Teague and uh, P.J. Tucker, who I think P.J. Tucker is replaceable. They'll obviously miss his defense, but I think it'll help with uh, the addition of some spacing on that team. Mm-hmm. I agree. Jordan Wara was a guy that I was really eyeballing for the Celtics off uh, in the draft last year. I know he fell into the second round and uh, a guy out of Louisville that was like a uh, preseason all ACC um, big, big hopes going into the season lackluster performance. What was it now? Three years ago in his college season and uh, fell into the second round, a guy that I really thought had uh, an NBA body an NBA shot and uh we're seeing it play out now. So, and he's one of those guys where, like, he was drafted by the team that ended up winning the championship. He, he doesn't have all the eyes on him because he was only getting a couple minutes, even if that last year. So, just seeing the steps in the second year, he can heat up quick. Yeah. And, like you said, he's got an NBA body, good over the head jump shot. Yeah. It's, it's tough for those guys. Like, you're immediately put on a team that's trying to compete. Like, they don't really, they obviously care about your development, but they're not putting that at the forefront. So it is tough for some of these guys. Like some of these guys don't react well to it. Some of these guys, they, they need the playing time in order to really 
um, get the best out of him. And it's, it's promising. I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, I think to see him, I think he's been fairly inconsistent, but I think he does have a lot of skills that make him look like he could be a solid, a solid player for the Bucks. And I mean, you have to trust Milwaukee's player development too. I mean, they've got some of the biggest success stories. I mean, Giannis is, his, his, everyone knows his story, but I mean, Chris Middleton was a nobody coming out of college too. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't do much in Detroit. Like they pretty much just threw him in. I can't think of what deal he was in, but I, I think yeah, it's part of Brennan, Brennan Jennings deal. I think maybe, and yeah, he was just kind of like just thrown in. And then, I mean, even guys like Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, like these guys are legitimate NBA rotation players. Um, Pat Connaughton went to Notre Dame. DiVincenzo was from Villanova, correct? Villanova, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, like they, their development team is top-notch. So I don't think that Jordan Ware has anything to worry about. And I think he's going to be a, a decent NBA player for a while. Yeah, he played yeah. 20 minutes last night. You see him start getting some chances with the injuries. Um, and, and Neesmith, uh, coming back to the Celtics, we saw a little bit of Neesmith last night. He seemed to do okay in his minutes. Um, we didn't see any Pritchard, which I thought we'd start to see a lot more of him with Schroeder starting now. I thought it opened up some opportunity, but I'm not sure. Like, he finally looked like I believe he got the mask off, which is promising, but I just – I don't – see him really getting a ton of minutes it looks like this year because i think unless a guy like smarter shorter goes out i really i really just don't see him being able to come back into this rotation to consist like consistently because i mean jalen brown will be back soon like it's not it's not gonna do anything but eat up more of his minutes if there were any to begin with That's what, what i love pritchard i love pritchard too i mean what's the reason for him not playing i mean he was i, I think it's in summer league like i think it's just their defensive up. style and we have too many guys that at this point need the ball in their hands and Pritchard's also a guy that needs the ball in their hand like i think their ideal role for him was to be a spot-up shooter but they're also playing a switch heavy defense and he's he's very small um and he's got off to kind of a slow start and i think that's kind of eaten away in his minutes because they have guys like schroeder who's also pretty small but schroeder's been a guy that's been able to come out like we saw last night and give us what 38 points last night. Like Pritchard hasn't provided the consistent offense and being that small and this defensive style makes it really tough for him um, to, to be able to get in this rotation and be a, a really effective player. Is there any world where we're in the conversation of re-signing Schroeder next year? I don't think so. I think he's going to be asked. I think some team's going to be, willing to give him some pretty pretty good size of money and i don't think we have the cap space to do so i figured i really like him though obviously last night it's easy to say that but i've been like yeah all year he he's a high volatility guy like i like him some nights other nights i'm like dude what are you doing like throwing wild turnovers like taking taking some maybe ill-advised shots it's a lot of the same market smart experience um not necessarily like what they bring to the table but some nights you're like oh my god I i love him i the best i would never want to give him away for anything and then some nights it's like oh my god what are you doing but it's good to see him last night yeah for sure so the spread on this one opened up with the celtics being a one-point underdog and then a few hours before tip-off when it got announced that Giannis was sitting it quickly dropped all the way to celtics minus five five and a half 
So I was really sad that I didn't lock early in the day because I'm normally good about that. However, they do end up pulling it out in overtime, winning by nine. So that's yeah. pretty clutch of the Seas to cover the spread too at home. I'd be pretty pissed, dude, if I'm if you see a game go to overtime and you're like, especially you like a five and a half, half point home. spread, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so you still like watch it either way. And then the total for this one, just four points higher at 210, and it soars over. So the Celtics, yeah. and it didn't need overtime to go over either. Yeah, I was wondering that. Does so over still count? Like, even if they go to overtime, it's not like a push yeah, or so anything? Both spreads and totals just are total, um, the full game with overtime. Um, so the Celtics go 2 0 against the spread and 2 0, period, this week. Great. You know, great week for Celtics fans in that regard. And then the totals, we go over once, under once. Um, and for the last segment, I'm going to throw the lines out to you guys for today's game and see kind of where your head's at. So we opened at two and a half favorites and have since dropped to one and a half favorites. So Celtics minus one and a half in Cleveland and a very low total of 204. So what are your guys' thoughts about those lines? Um, I, like you said, like, I don't know. They're without Sexton. I believe they were without Sexton. The first game he was out was, what, last night? And they had a low-scoring game as well. Um, so I, I'd be willing to even hit the, hit the under, being a little bold, and also take the Celtics just for the fact that I mean, I don't know if there's been any, uh, been any <laughs> updates. They had, a, they had quite a few guys that were questionable, and I think that could sway. Like, if, I think Al's questionable and Richardson, if both those guys are out, I think that makes it tough. But I would probably lean in favor of the Celtics. I think the Celtics are a better team, especially now with Sexton being out for the Cavs. Um, I, <clears throat> I usually tend to stay away from uh, point spreads. Um, big fan of just over under in basketball, and this one has got to be the over for me. Uh, I mean, they're coming off uh, a grueling game last night. They're going to want to get shots up, uh, and I and Cleveland always plays this, the C's hard. There's always a someone that goes crazy. I mean, we'll probably see Jared Allen go for thirty and fifteen tonight, just because nobody's going to want to guard him and. Uh, I mean, uh, is Darius Garland? How's Darius Garland playing? He's, he played. He had a good game last night. He's averaging like sixteen and a half. Yeah, he'll probably go for forty then tonight. Yeah, <laughs> eleven threes. Yeah, no one wants to guard him. So that my thinking is the over at least. Um, I'm gonna you, go under with Matt as well and Celtics. But what I will say about both lines is they make sense to me. Celtics feel like they should be a big favorite, but Cleveland's played very well this year. Garland's playing well. Allen's playing well. And it's kind of a classic letdown on the road spot. So I'm going under in Celtics, but it makes sense to me that it's a low total and low spread. Um, is it, Are the Lions going to be out for Monday's game as well? Because we play the Cavs again on Monday. I don't think they will until after the no. game. Okay, well, we'll see. Um, Maybe no one a job for you if you want to keep track of of our betting lines throughout the season. I think that'd be something yeah. fun to do. Um, yeah. So me me and you are on the agreement with the with the under. 
And as I think well all three of us said. Or did Amory say just the over and no bet on the spread for him? Yeah, I said just over. Are there any prop bets as well? Can we do a prop bet? Um, let, let me pull a prop bet up for us. <laughs> okay. Might take a minute. I want to get risky. Yeah. Um, we think in like a, uh, an over under for a point total. Yeah, yeah, point total, re, uh, point assist, rebound, one of those. Like, yeah, I don't find a good one. Um, no, I just think there's gonna be in, uh, a very interesting game. I do think it's gonna be hard fought. I think the Cleveland defense actually improves with Sexton being off the court. Um, and also, I think the pace probably slows down a little bit too because Colin Sexton's a guy that he's he's a guy that can really really uh, go all out and a guy that can really push the pace with his athleticism. Um, so I think it actually helps helps the under quite a bit. And I, I'm sure they probably factor that into that. But if I were yeah, just look I'd at say teams, the average line is like 215, so it's certainly a pretty low total. Um, let's look at some advanced stats. Let's see what teams lead the league in pace. So leading the team, looking at pace. The Cavs are 26th in pace, and the Celtics are 23rd. So two teams that really like to play a lot in the half court. Um, I'm going to look at individual players to see if if any of the individual players have – who's the, leading the team in pace? Um, yeah, Colin Sexton's up there, so he – His average pace is 99.96, so basically 100, and their team pace is 97.8. So he definitely – the pace picks up a little bit when he does play, um, as opposed to when, – or when he's off court, as opposed to on court. So not a huge jump like I thought it was going to be, but I do think that's going to affect it a little bit. I do think having um, Jalen Brown out, there could be times where it's tougher with the um, – Tougher as far as maybe Jason Tatum gets has another cold night, like we've seen obviously a couple times this year, and they're struggling to find another shot creator. I really, it's really gonna be tough for Schroeder to have another night like he had last night. I don't think he's like maybe that highly consistent of a player, but I, I think for those reasons, I think the, it's gonna be probably a pretty low scoring game. All right, let's go with this for our prop tonight. So Jason Tatum points, rebounds, and assists over under 37.5. I got 38.5 on Action Network. <laughs> Let's call it 38 for the sake of the pod. Okay. okay. Um, I, I think I'm going to go over, like, even despite the points, because I think he's been rebounding the basketball a lot. I think if Al does or doesn't play, I still think there's a good chance he gets over, like, 10 boards. Um, I think he gets probably at least five assists. So that puts me at, what, 15. So he just needs 22 points or 23 points in order to hit the over. So I think it's doable. 23 to push. Um, we'll go We'll go on the 37 and a half line. I like that line better. Um, okay, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt but, takes the line. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked the line that I want to pick. Like, if I'm betting, dude, I want to pick the, the 37 and a half line. Um I don't know. No, no, I think I'm, I think I'm changing my mind. I think I'm going to go under. I think he's going to get a lot of rebounds and assists tonight, but I think maybe the points might be lower, maybe scores. Oh, but Jalen Brown's out. Um, really wish wash back and forth. Um, 
It's thirty-seven like and a half. Make it right. Yeah, I know. The it's number. Number. They pick it exactly in the middle of where your thoughts are. I, well, I'm going to come out and say I'm going under, and I'm betting it on Emery's site. So under thirty-eight and a half. <laughs> okay, so I'll go. I'll go over. I'll go over whatever whatever it's thirty-eight. I think he'll have a decent enough of a game. I think he'll force his own shot. If I mean, he might take thirty shots to get twenty-eight points, but I think he's going to be really. Um, He's gonna he's gonna put up some shots tonight for sure. I think he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. He's gotten quite a few assists past couple games. He's really been rebounding the basketball well. I think that'll continue. Um, so for that reason, I'm gonna go over. Um, obviously, seems like big homer pick. Seeing I picked the spread, I did pick the under, but um, so yeah, picking the spread and and the J yeah, and the Jason Tatum points, rebounds, and assists. I'll take and I was thinking in my head too. I was like. I'll take the I'll over, take over with, with me. Okay. Yeah. Word. I was so I we'll was see really, how these... I was really wanting to take the under, but then once you flipped to the under, I was like, nah, that's not yeah, I'm gonna go over. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just I'll I'll go over. So I got over um Celtics uh with the points and um what was the last one? Oh, and total under. So oh, wait, under Jason Tatum over and sees Celtics and Celtics half. spread. Okay. Next week we'll, we'll do some, like more random ones, like a smart rebound or something. But it's yeah. only right to start. With I, I kind of want a Rob rebound one tonight. I feel like a big rebound night at Rob because him and Jared Allen, I feel like very comparable <laughs> players. They find the rebound I one. Feel, yeah, Overnight, whatever uh, that is, we, we don't need to do that one. The line is nine and a half. Yeah, I think he gets a double double tonight. I think he gets a double double. I think him and Jared Allen are like that. With Jared Sam Allen and Evan Mobley out there. Yeah, I think he's going to take it as a challenge. Just like against Toronto the second time. Yeah, yeah. Toronto's got a, big, got a big squad, although they didn't have uh, Achua playing nearly as much as they did the first game. But um, that's all. Oh, one last thing. Yeah, we kind of talked about the betting lines. Last thing was uh, that we didn't get to talk about this uh, last week. So I think it came out on like Tuesday or t- – I think about Tuesday or so. Um, the Celtics inquired about Ben Simmons – and Daryl Morris said the asking price for Ben Simmons from the Celtics was Jalen Brown. And, yeah. from, and all, I think, from, from all reports, the phone was hung up after that. So. Yeah, I think McAfee – I think I saw Pat McAfee tweet something. Or, yes, it was from Shams. Sham, um, he, he quoted Shams as saying, the Celtics and 76ers did not have a conversation – or did have conversations about Ben Simmons – those conversations ended when the 76ers asked for Jalen Brown. So that kind of puts that to rest. There was obviously that fake trade thrown out there by a fake NBA central account. Um, that was saying they were asking for like Rob and Neesmith Smith and picks, but um, I would love Ben Simmons on the team, but definitely not for the asking price of Jalen Brown. He's just, it's not worth it for me. I don't, I, I, just, I do it when Simmons is in his peak, not to say I don't like Simmons, but, like I just would be happy keeping Jalen, and then you add yeah. the turmoil around the Simmons situation. Like, no I think chance. picking guy, picking a guy like Jalen Brown, who's just like so like solid at pretty much everything, that it's just way less of a risk. It's way easier to find players to build around than to have to find a team. It's like okay, now we need everyone on the team needs to be able to shoot because we have the Celtics aren't a great shooting team to begin with. Now we need everyone on the team to shoot because we have a guy that's going to be playing big minutes for us that literally cannot shoot the ball outside of like eight feet. So 
I'll say it. I don't. I don't fucking like Ben. I don't like Ben Simmons at all. I know Nolan. You were like you. You're like uh, I don't. You don't mind him, but fuck that guy. I don't like the way he plays basketball. It's not. It's no fun to watch. It's no fun to cheer for. I don't know. I mean, you got an all a deep boy, a deep boy candidate guy that's an elite passer, which I think we do need on the team. Like Smart and Schroeder have done fine, like trying to make it up. But I do think we are missing a guy that's really going to be the table setter on the team. Um, really looking at Lonzo's playing, it seems like Lonzo would have been a great fit with us. But I, I wouldn't mind Ben Simmons, but obviously not for that asking price. Like Jalen Brown's just not untouchable, but you're really going to need to sell me on someone a little bit a little bit better than Ben Simmons. A little bit, maybe like one echelon above. And who would that be? Um, I don't know. Like if they said like I'm trying to think of players around the league, I think I would probably trade Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard. If it was just straight, I think I probably would. Would you trade Jalen Brown for Zach Levine? No. I think there's a good chance we get Zach Levine a sign trade this year. Cause I don't know. I mean, obviously the Bulls look really good right now, but if the Bulls maybe don't have the same success they um, they're having early on this year, I think they've even slid a couple games too. I think they're like seven and four right now or something like that. They lost last night. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a good chance because he's not re-signed through next year. So I think I mean there's a good chance we get a guy like Zach Levine, maybe if we don't get Bradley Beal. But I think whatever, yeah, I, I think it would pretty much have to be like a an all NBA first team or all NBA like a top ten player in the league type of talent for Jalen Brown. Yeah, like because he's younger and it's like just with the time frame. Like Colin I don't think it'd be. Would you trade him for Cat? That, um, if I were to do the deal straight up, or like we get pieces back, because I saw a fake trade float around for Cat, I would be very very tempted. Just I think Cat's overall talent may be better, but I just don't know how what the ceiling really can be with him because he's just not a defensive center. Like, I don't know if it really does make that big of a deal, but I'd certainly be very, very tempted. But I do think at the end of the day, I'd probably say no for a straight deal. What do you think, Noel? Between. Pretty much the same as what Matt said. Like, I might even go as far as to say you should take that deal, but – my bias to Jalen and the C's, especially after he hooked it up and signed my jersey. No chance I'm taking Cat. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it sucks because, like, I do like Cat, but it's like, okay, like, how much is his defense really concerned? Um, I just don't know whether players – and then you have to build – I think you have to – I think you have the players to build around those two, but I don't know how much higher he truly moves your ceiling as opposed to Jalen. And, like, you never know what that does to chemistry. Um, I don't know. I just – it just kind of feels feels dirty to me to be saying I want Cat over Jalen Brown. And Cat, I don't think he's made an all-star game in the past, like, two or three seasons. And his team hasn't really had any team success despite ha- adding another all-star player and having kind of – obviously, they're not a very good team, but I don't, I don't know. I just like to see a little bit more continued success from willing to trade a guy who's been kind of a franchise cornerstone for the past couple seasons. Who'd they beat last night? Maybe. They beat someone good last night. They beat the Lakers, I think. Oh, yeah. Lakers are struggling. 
They are. They are. Yeah, well, they did. They smoked them. Yeah. Um, One seven eighty three beat them by twenty four. Yeah. So, um, do you guys have anything else? That was really it. Just that we're not giving you Jalen Philly. Yeah, sorry, pal. Yeah, <laughs> for sure not. For sure not to Philly. I would. I would hate to watch that multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. But okay, guys. Well. We'll reconvene next week. Hopefully tonight we see a, a dub and hopefully again on Monday. And uh, um, Jason Tatum over. Yeah, Jason Tatum to play well. Hopefully this can be a, a string of continued success. Hopefully it can plays at the uh, all-NBA caliber like we've seen the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. But, okay, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Au revoir.